podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. This is another journal episode. I'm driving down A1A, coming back from a climbing gym. Um, I was uh, flipping through Instagram and I saw a um, post, someone who said that, um, I see this kind of thing a lot that this world is designed to keep you from waking up. Um, Which I love because once again, you've blamed everybody else for your problems. Um, I love it. Uh, Before we get too deep into that, um, I I go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com to uh, continually support me in this endeavor. Through the purchasing of t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, books, art prints, I'm working on some new stuff right now that'll be for sale. In fact, that's my weekend project this weekend. Um, This world is designed to keep you from waking up. Uh, Some of you, I guess. Um... I don't think Ramana Maharshi had a hard time. I don't think Ram Das had a hard time. Krishna Das doesn't seem to be having a hard time. A lot of people don't seem to be having a hard time waking up. Um, I think uh, when we look at the systems and say, oh, the system is designed to this, do to, designed to do this, designed to do that. I get why you would say that. Um, I don't think it's designed specifically to do that. I think it's just people lost in the mind, believing the mind and designing a world accordingly. Um, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I would also like to remind everybody that Zachariah Sitchin was so far has been proven pretty wrong. So, you know, and, and a lot of this new age stuff comes from, um, uh, Rudolf Steiner and, uh, Petrova Blavatsky, Helena Petrova Blavatsky, um, a lot of that stuff. And, um, I think that when we don't spend time reading the original, or as close as we can get to, like, as far... But it's essentially, uh, uh, like, the Gita, understanding the allegory in the Ramayana. Because I was, I was recently writing in the new book uh, about God, the concept of God, God as a concept. Um, this new book is a lot of... Um, a lot of... Uh, it's, it's everything, actually. I am writing it all down in this book. And the God section's taking up a lot more uh, room than I, A, wanted it to, B, thought it would. Um, so what... It's to say like, oh, well, these systems like religion is designed to control you and... And I could, I understand that belief, but you have to realize, I think there's just, I don't remember how I made this statement like early on in the infinite spark of beans chronology that, um, it's not that they're lying to you. It's just that they don't know. 
right? They don't know. They are lost in the mind. The mind uh, assumes that everything is fixed and stable and, and will always be the same. Um, it, it tries to create policies and moralities that will predict some sort of a future. Um, if everybody just behaves, then we'll all stay safe and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but what I started to write about really in this, in this chapter on God was that so the ego is a function of the mind personal importance, personal identity, and reality testing, okay? Well, reality testing is that function of the ego that makes you assume, believe, or whatever, that you are a separate something in the universe, that you are separate from everyone and everything. And when you think of the mind and the body as an organism that you as awareness, soul, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, is inhabiting this organism, well, the organism, it is really concerned with surviving and thriving. So I understand the role of the ego as a mechanism. I understand that. And when we live from a place of separateness, duality, then we uh, look at God from a place of duality instead of non-duality, though most literature indicates that there is a non-dual way to look at this, but, you know, and I think a lot of the people that establish these things, they very much live in duality and live in separation, and I believe that on some level we're supposed to, that's part of the work here is that you live in separateness and you learn to contend with that separateness and that's the curriculum is learning to deal with the separateness and which goes back to uh, this thing in occult and spiritual thinking of taking two diametrically opposed ideas holding them in the mind simultaneously as the truth are we separate? yes is there non- Duality, is there oneness? Yes. Wholeness, rather, if you prefer that language as opposed to one, because one indicates that there would be a two, but if we just say wholeness, then unity, maybe. Maybe that's the word. Um, and so the idea of like religion or this world or the systems being designed to keep you from waking up, um, I don't think it's that simple. I think that, you know, I don't, I just don't think that. And you're welcome to think it and believe it. Um, and you can try to make that your objective reality and that's fine. But what if I don't feel that way? What if I don't see it that way? What if I just go, okay, well, part of the curriculum of the human birth is that there is separateness and then there's unity and you have to learn to contend with both at the same time. Because in order to do the work of the soul, to do the work of this birth, is you have to uh, uh, almost invest in the illusion of separateness. That's part of the that's part of the game. You know, that's the lila, right? The play, the drama, the sport, and you play the role of the samskara. The you know, you dance as the actor through the play. It's just a it's just a play. It's a you know, I don't want to belittle some of the experiences and call it a game but 
you know, sometimes when I use that language, people get very upset, you know, because their tragedy and their trauma to them isn't a game yet. But it's not a game in the sense that it doesn't matter. I mean, everybody, you sit down to play Monopoly with your friends, you like to win. I mean, you play checkers or chess, you're not, chess, you're not there to lose, you're there to win. But at the same time, you understand it's a game and you hate to lose a game, a sport, whatever it is, you, you do the thing and, and nobody wants to lose. And hopefully you don't engage in the activity with the, the plan of losing, right? So this thing where it's like, this is designed to keep you asleep and now we've got this external enemy. Good job. Just like the governments do. They create an external enemy for us all to like rally and go, yeah, fuck them. You're doing the same thing. Why? Because you're living in your mind. You're living in your ego. You're living in separateness. So you're doing the same thing they're doing. Congratulations. Who's asleep now? Right? Um, yeah. So with the idea of reality testing and an and egocentric um, place, it's like we are taught by people that believe it. I believe that they believe what they're saying. That's the thing. The separateness and that they, your problems are external and your the solutions are external. That's the other thing. Yeah, you know, the, a lot of times... You know, they talk about, hey, you're the problem and it's your things, but you're the solution too. That's the good news. So the problems are not external. The solutions are not external. God is not external. None of this is external. Our experience, holy shit, there might be waves today. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I do not, hold on. Fuck. A little bit of a south swell. I got a northwest wind. In Florida, that only means one thing. That's a nice, clean right. Um, those of you that are watching this on YouTube, I apologize for the craning of my neck, but that's... Yeah. Hold on. Um, okay, what the fuck was I saying? Yeah, see, it doesn't matter once there's waves. I could give a fuck. Um, all right. So when we live from the place of the egoic mind, when I say egocentric, that, that people tend to misunderstand what that means. From you, when you live from the place of the egoic mind, because I do believe that there is a, another aspect to the mind that understands. And, you know, but when you live in that separate place, when your consciousness is that of separate, right, then you establish things in a way where you create God as a separate thing and problems are separate and, and solutions are separate and you have to go to the separate thing to get the blessings. It's this whole thing. Now, I mentioned a second ago, I mentioned consciousness. When, you know, and and to, to recap what consciousness means, if I rock back and forth in my chair and I do it in such a way but then I bump the wall behind me and then that changes the way I rock in the chair because now my consciousness expanded to include the knowledge of the wall 
that changes this. So uh, non-duality comes from a place of you have to intellectualize it first. Everything that you feel deeply is just a pattern. And it becomes very real. It goes from intellectual knowledge to realization, knowing with a capital K. So you start off with the thought exercise of non-duality. Play with it. Feel that the problem is you. Feel that if there's an issue, it's because your perception of this thing is cockeyed, right? So if you, in perception, a way of regarding, understanding, and interpreting, your consciousness is as though, is as someone who believes that this is designed against them. Interesting. Someone might call that paranoia as opposed to pronoia, the belief that it's conspiring in your favor. Right? Um, I was talking to someone this morning and they had uh, been sick and they were like, man, if I hadn't gotten sick uh, this week, then I would have worked so hard on this one thing this weekend and, and gotten all this accomplished. And that goes back to, you can be grateful in this moment, but um, it doesn't mean you're glad for the illness or whatever that happened. So what you're seeing is like this person's consciousness contains the ideas that, oh, when bad things happen, good things can come from them. And it sounds very simple, but when your mind begins to wire itself to look for positive possibilities, then your experience starts to change. That is a shift in consciousness because somebody came along one day and said, hey, you know, this is also a possibility. And they said, oh, interesting. Same thing with the non-duality. Somebody comes along and they explain it to you in such a way, probably not people like Rupert Spira. I think it's Rupert Spear, Rupert Spear, whatever the fuck his name is. He's an insufferable prick, just like Eckhart Tolle. It's these fucking people. Ugh. It's like... I, you know, they'll say something and it's like, okay, I get it, but you're not giving anyone a process by which they could train themselves to understand what you're saying deeper or to begin to act in a way that would allow them to experience this thing that you're experiencing. They simply go, you are not your thoughts. And you go, oh, oh, is that all? Thanks, Eckhart. You fuck. You know? Like, that's part of my job is showing people at work all day long, you are not your thoughts, and then you're not their body. But then I also show them how to notice deeper and to witness the body and the mind through certain methods and, and, and training to, you know, not invest in the mind and, and these things so deeply. But, you know, I was sitting on the park bench and I realized I was not, ugh, God. <sighs> Um, find practice find things that give you a method to where you can establish yourself in awareness and not just as an intellectual concept meditation just fucking sit meditate read Puranas, read the Dharma read whatever the fuck it but just, you know don't stop and start with Eckhart and Rupert um, anyway, so the concept of non-duality is just a concept at first, and you begin to work with it as a thought exercise. You use your imagination 
as a thought exercise to begin working it into your nervous system so that then the idea of non-duality and the idea of wholeness or unity becomes something that you actually experience. And again, you're not going to live there. That's not the point of this. The point of this isn't to walk around, you know, like a drooling pod, you know, with no opinions or anything. That's not it. It's telling you the work is in the separateness but you have to have both knowledge of both black and white thinking is what leads you to go okay well I'm just supposed to be this non-dualist drooling orb of shit you know no you just that's not it man you gotta do both right um There's a great Joseph Campbell quote that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with, and I believe that it's, your God is a reflection of your own consciousness. All of the heavens and hells are within you. So someone gives information. A text gives you information, and now that new information becomes part of the thinking, part of the cognition of that mind. The idea of non-duality or whatever, or hey, that the system might not be wired specifically to hurt you or to keep you asleep. If it makes you feel better that there's this cabal of Darth Vaders that are tapping their fingers together, and you know, there might very well be. I don't know. There might be actual lizard people, which I've been accused of being. There might be an Illuminati, which I've been accused of being, and not in a good way, but usually in a bad way. There might be that. Now what? So? Okay. So I'll tell you what. This is absolutely designed to keep you separate. Now what? Do you, or I'm sorry, to keep you awake, and, or keep you asleep and separate would also fall. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take up the practices that shift the perception, meaning the way you regard, understand, and interpret this thing so that you have a different experience since the experience is the mind. Like, and now that you've become a, become a missionary for this fucking thing, like, so what? It doesn't change what the work is. Whether your enemy is external or internal, you know, enemy in quotation marks, then... Isn't the work the same? And as long as you're regarding these systems as enemies and whatever, without that enemy, would you wake up? Without that struggle and that pain, would you turn towards something more meaningful? Would you invest in a spiritual practice without the pain and suffering of being alive? No, you wouldn't. So... It's food for thought, man. You know, and if if you want all your enemies and your goblins to be external, that's fine. But beware. It's going to be harder to conceive of a solution that's inward and within when you gear your mind towards perceiving everything as an external phenomena. It's interesting. So... Um, Anyway, if you'd like to support my ongoing prattling and writing you could do that at the infinite spark of being.com 
uh, t-shirts, hoodies, art prints, books, Patreon, Venmo, it's all there. Um, if I ever say anything that you'd like clarification on, some of you have realized that you can DM me your phone number and we will talk. Um, uh, if you're just going to, uh, what is happening here? Um, if you're just calling me because you want me to change and you're going to browbeat me with your stuff, don't, you know, some people, they, they, you know, they'll call and they'll be like, well, I want some advice on this or that. And then you give them the help and then they go, well, no, because they've got some, they've always got some weird excuse why they can't do any of the hard work involved with self-exploration and actual change. So anyway, um, I love you. I hope you're good and I will talk to you later. Thank you.